0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast.
1: Thanks for checking it out, and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Yeah, Hammer, uh, you know, I was glad to see Governor Holcomb ordering flags at half-staff to honor fallen Richmond PDK9 officer Sierra Burton. I, I was glad to see it. I wish it didn't have to happen. I wish... It weren't the case, you know, she was shot in the line of duty, survived for weeks, even taken off life support and continued to battle for about 18 days, finally succumbing to her injuries a few days ago. Police pulled over a guy on a scooter uh, in Richmond and one, you know, one minute they're chatting with him. They suspect drugs. And next thing you know, the guy pulls out a gun and fires at officers, winds up hitting Officer Burton and and. So it just goes to show you, of course, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop in the world of law enforcement. flags that have staff, hammer, and uh, funeral arrangements uh, have been made. So the
0: visitation for fallen officer Burton will be held Sunday from 2 until 7 p.m. at the Richmond City Municipal Building. That's at 50 North Street, if you're familiar with the Richmond area. Her funeral will be held at 11 a.m. on Monday at the Tiernan Center at Richmond High School. Now, doors are going to open at 10 a.m. The public is encouraged to show up. Uh, the ceremony, the tribute will begin about an hour later. And then after that, the procession route will take fallen Officer Burton from Richmond High School to Crown Hill Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Well, she will go into the interment of fallen heroes of public safety over there at Crown Hill. So this is going to uh, be on Monday. The... Final 1042 call, which is always an emotional part of these funerals for fallen officers, is going to take place at the Richmond Police Department. So that'll happen relatively quickly before they hit the road on their way to Crown Hill Cemetery. I wonder
1: if they're going to show it on, I wonder if they're going to televise it like they do, did Officer Shana Vaz. That was an emotional one, man. That was that was horrible. I'm sure this is going to be equally as hard. And uh, Crown Hill Cemetery and my my late uncle's uh, there at Crown Hill C- Cemetery. He's uh, he died in line of duty for uh, an Indiana State Troopers. So, uh, just a beautiful, um, but sad place. But a, a, just a, a fitting uh, final resting place for her for sure.
0: And again, as weird as this is to say, and we've said it before, Crown Hill Cemetery is a beautiful place to take a tour. If you're into history for the state of Indiana, and if you want to pay tribute to some folks yeah, who have you know, paid the ultimate price in the line of duty, Crown Hill Cemetery is an amazing place to uh, soak all that in. And that area they have, dedicated to heroes of public safety, um, it's amazing. And unfortunately, it feels like a lot of bodies get added to that every single year, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Big Nige, welcome back. Hey. How you feeling, man? Great.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate everybody filling in for me. I'll explain uh, a little bit later what happened. It's an unexpected medical... Uh Annoyance, monkey occurrence? pox. <laughs> I told everybody you
0: had everything from monkey pox oh, to some, an anal bleaching uh, gone wrong. Somebody
1: texted me vaginosis? Question mark. <laughs> question. There was two question marks after vaginosis. Thank you for that. Yeah.
0: Well, glad to have you back. Oh uh, yeah, fine. And uh, man, you and I, uh, we can't really take much vacation time really between now and November. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all systems go. We are less than seven weeks away until the midterms. That's crazy. And yesterday. The Republican House Leader, Kevin McCarthy, he rolled out the game plan of what he wants the Republicans around the nation to run on and what would happen if they took control of the House
2: of Representatives. If you trust us, hold us accountable. We're putting it out to the entire country. This is what we'll do. But on that very first day that we're sworn in, you'll see that it all changes. Because on our very first bill, We're going to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. Our job is to work for you, not go after you.
0: Now, we're kind of getting into semantics here a little bit because the folks on the left are going to say, we never intended to hire 87,000 IRS agents. Rabble, rabble. But if you look at the bill, the bill that passed through Congress, there's a plan to basically replace the IRS agents that are leaving and give raises and incentives to hire more.
1: Whatever. I mean, you know what? Hire 87,000 security guards for schools. I mean, screw the IRS. What what are the Democrats running on? January 6th? (laughs) Uh, uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, January 6th, abortion. Roe v. Wade, for God's sake, that lunatic Fetterman in Pennsylvania is running for Senate. His platform is freeing all the second-degree murderers in prison. I mean, that sounds like a
0: movie gone (laughs) bad, right? You're you're waiting for Snake Plissken to have to come in and save the state of Pennsylvania (laughs) because of what big bad Fetterwoman (laughs) wants to do. Um, in that rollout that they had yesterday, they had some of the um – well-known members of the Republican House get up and speak. And one of their flamethrowers is the Ohio rep, Jim Jordan. He wants to take a look into the FBI
2: and the operations of the Department of Justice. I thought the leader said something really profound in his, in his remarks. He said, our job is to work for you, not come after you. And that is so important. House Republicans are committed to exposing and holding accountable those in our government who have come after we the people.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, people, parents showing up to school board meetings labeled as domestic terrorists, or the FBI, uh, the, the, the whistleblower, the FBI just saw that he got named. He, he like a 37 year old dude that was working on in sex trafficking and, and working on those important cases, got pulled off to work on a the ridiculous January 6th stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's another good point. That's another good platform to run on. We're going to make sure they're doing their job going after criminals and not average citizens that are showing up to school board meetings concerned that their kids are being indoctrinated with, with uh, gender reversals. And you bring up criminals.
0: This brings us to crime. And New York's representative, Elise Stefanik, talked about that
3: we see crime skyrocketing. That is a direct result of Democrats' one party defund the police policies and rhetoric. House Republicans will immediately ensure that we hire 200,000 more police officers across this country to make sure that our communities are safe. We will go after the radical leftist prosecutors, DAs, who are refusing to abide by the rule of law and are prioritizing the criminals rather than the law-abiding citizens.
0: And if you live in Marion County, you don't have to wait for help for the midterm elections. You can do this on your own by going to vote because the radical leftist prosecutor is on the ballot this election cycle. So that's what the Republicans were doing. That's what their game plan is. As for the Democrats, they keep shuffling out there the corpse of Joe Biden, hoping that this is going to resonate with somebody. Today, he was speaking to a teacher's union and found a way to creep people out by pointing to some woman in the crowd and saying something inappropriate and weird.
3: But guess what? We got a lot to do. got to say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. What? This woman helped me get an awful lot done. So he points to this
0: woman in the crowd. What what was going on? You got to say hi to me. (laughs) We go back a long way.
1: She was 12, I was 30. What the hell are you doing? He doesn't remember when he was 30. (laughs) He doesn't remember this morning. (laughs) Yeah, that was incredibly, I mean, that's hair sniff quality right there. Right. I mean, add that to the clip montage of Biden just being a creeper um and a lot of the democrats are upset
0: that joe biden did that 60 minutes interview and said that the pandemic was over
3: the pandemic is over we still have a problem with covid we're still doing a lot of work on it uh it's but the pandemic is over if you notice no one's wearing masks everybody seems to be in pretty good shape
1: Eh, it's over and we locked you out of your businesses and schools for two years it's over there's nobody wearing masks I still got the federal mask mandate, uh, uh, transit mandate thing going on. It's over. No mask. You believe and the, I loved how the White House tried to walk that. Of course they walked it back. Right. They're upset about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Because how are they yeah. supposed to demand that you do mail-in voting, you know, when the magical new variant shows up at the midterms, if old man Biden's going up there saying, eh, it's over. Nobody's wearing masks anymore. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, with Biden announcing the pandemic is over... Here's a tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records. Oh. When we put this together, we were in a little bit of a Lenny Kravitz phase.
4: <laughs> <Heard> the news, <laughs> saying the pandemic's over. It is over. But I'm still blue.
3: The <laughs> pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID.
4: So much time
3: <laughs>
4: wasted. Wearing masks oh, yeah.
5: Well, that was
2: an incredible waste of here time. Here we go. How many shots are taken? Wonder what difference it's making. None. COVID, it ain't
4: over till it's over. It's over. Not even the president Not making too much sense. It is over. COVID, it ain't over till it's over. it over?
0: There it is. is. The latest from Hammer and Nigel Records. Tremendous.
4: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Matt Bear from the WIBC Traffic Studio, live in our studio for Fridays with Matt. What is up? I want to say thank you to uh, Chris Hammer, Jason Hammer's son. Last minute fill in Wednesday, and then Gun Guy filled in for me yesterday. I woke up Wednesday morning uh, with a what I thought was a grapefruit-sized growth in my neck underneath like a big my, ass tumor or like something. Like just a throbbing, pulsating ball of infection that had that had I mean, I looked like I had the chin of fat bastard from <laughs> from Austin Powers, like and it was throbbing all the way up to my ear and my head was pounding and my and I like I could shake my neck and it looked like a turkey. And I did it in front of my, I had my wife look at me and she goes, If you ever want me to have sex with you again, don't ever do that again in front of me. It was that
0: bad. You and sent me a picture of your neck, and, like, you're not an attractive man to begin no, with. No, not at all.
1: But this picture <laughs> of you was
0: disgusting.
1: And so I got the antibiotics, steroids, and about yesterday, about everything started. Sw- I still got, like, a little walnut in there. It's like a—let's uh, see, what are these? Lymph- lymphatinitis or oh, something. Oh, the lymph nodes, yeah. L- yeah Lympheditis, no, lymph like, elephantitis of the neck or something like that, yeah. but, vaginosis, but— here matt i've been trying to get people to fill my neck all day just feel the one well, nobody condo- wants to
3: touch your disease filled neck uh, you wanna- I, I, I gotta say when you said you found a legion and you said it was in your neck i was relieved
1: <laughs> <laughs> here feel here matt's gonna to touch hand. it let me hear her matt's here. gonna touch it Press real hard right there
0: you feel that now strangle oh, him. Yeah. Strangle him for that. power.
3: Oh, I right there. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't feel it. it was... I still can't feel it. Yeah, it The know. swelling's gone down. You, you go to the but... doctor for something like that, don't you? Yeah, I, I mean... went
1: yesterday. He wasn't in Wednesday. Okay. So uh,
3: I was waiting everybody. for Nigel
0: to make the transition. Speaking of infected balls, here's Matt Bear.
3: <laughs> 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 Hello. <laughs>
0: well, what do you know?
3: <laughs> Ask it, he appears.
0: Uh, so like every See Friday, one, man, man, I want Matt Bear to come in here and just hang out with us, because Matt's the coolest dude in this building it really is he is. so we could talk a little bit about the road closures and we could do all that kind of stuff but i think people really want to know what's going on in the life of matt bear
3: oh man it's good life is good to be me right now and nothing special happens i'm really kind of a boring person but i tell you what I, i've been doing these commercials in the morning and uh they're about mental health and everything and i've been asking myself with everything that's going on around indianapolis and the driving and everything how's your mental health going right now And that's pretty good man you know, you'd think being 44 and being single and no kids and no family, you know, that'd be tough. But, but no, it's not. Every married
0: a... dude's like going yeah. tough. <laughs> what are you talking about? Every married dude's like, I haven't had
3: sex My in a My marriage decade. is hanging
0: on by a string, Matt right. Bear. It's hanging right. on by a string.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're best friends and sleep in separate beds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it, it's it's really pretty good. Um, it, Especially, I know everything's like really chaotic right now. And we have an election coming up. What'd you guys say? Seven weeks? Seven yeah, weeks? less than, than seven weeks. Yeah, and, you know. You look at the election season, how angry everybody gets. But, you know, I'm just not feeling that right now. I'm just blessed, man.
0: let's go back to you having this commercial where you talk about mental health. For those who don't know the backstory, the origin story, the Batman Begins of Matt Baer, why is this an important thing for you?
3: Oh, it's huge with me. Um, It's just growing up, I mean, I've had a huge thing with, and and I still do. It's going to be with me the rest of my life. It's addiction. You know, I've been addicted to drugs, and, and I'm an alcoholic. Like, you know, my entire life. And um, with that, you oh, know. That's the
1: first time I ever heard you talk about it on the air. Well, well it's, it's
3: well, yeah, so, I, you know, I'm not going to dance around it. It is what it is. You guys are honest and open here. I'm going to be honest and open with you. Uh, that's thats all there is to it. But um, uh, going through my life, they always say, you know, when you drink to excess, which yeah, I did. And, uh, I've, uh, I've been there. Yeah, been there. <laughs> been there. We've all I've seen been there. it. Dude, there's an <laughs> yeah.
0: understanding room in here for you right now.
3: <laughs> right.
1: I remember right. i go to a bar with Matt like several several years ago, is yeah. it lunchtime? And he ordered a warm yellow tequila. It, it was warm <laughs> well that? tequila. Warm he well was tequila. Just warm
3: well
6: tequila. I mean, he, he was right, just warming know, up. <laughs> it, it's it, it's and,
3: I, and I was. That's the crazy thing. No. And, it's so interesting you bring that up because I, I remember thinking later in the evening, i this is the progression of an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. You go home and then you think about it. It's like this guy who I just met. We're just getting to know each other That's at the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just watched me drink like five shots of warm tequila in forty-five minutes.
1: I, I think you know? you're looking for the wrong person to, that was judging. One person's
0: judging is another person's. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no,
1: but I'm not, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm no, not, I'm uh, not trying to make light of it. You know no, what I'm no, saying, no, of man. Right, not. Right. And,
3: and I know, and, I, and like you said, it's an understanding audience it's an understanding room. We've all been there, and we all have our hangups. But um, with the mental health, they always say your drinking and drugging is a symptom, you know, uh, of who you really are, of your mental health. Yeah, and, you got to get that, think, that down to the core of why you're, yes, you're doing yes. what you're doing. And it's it's why you know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow smoke up anybody's ass here. It's it's why I enjoy writing these ads because I, I get to talk about this. A little bit, and I get yeah. to be sincere. Is it a little you know? therapeutic? Yeah, it is. It's cathartic, man. Because when I go through it, I actually have to examine myself. Because you know, I, w- I want to give everybody their money's worth. I want to be honest with them. And I'm, I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm like okay, how is your mental health today? Well, what has therapy really done for you? And then, then I can put it down on paper, then I can talk about it. It's really kind of cool. It's like I want to do it for a living or something. Um, and, and just through that, it's just one more thing I can do to uh, help control, you know, this disease and this addiction I have. It's Through
0: your hands. entire process, Matt, um, I think one of the things that I hear a lot, and I agree 100%, is that it's okay to say that you're not okay. And it, you know, not everybody has a support system. I get that, but even if it's just a coworker, if it's somebody that can just talk to somebody a little bit, because you never know what somebody's going through.
3: Right, and and you know, you're talking about empathy and being sympathetic. And it's it's one of those things. As dude, we have a room full of four dudes here, and one of the things that I've had a challenge of growing up in my life is not talking about how I feel. I, I just don't do it. I just never do it. So it, now that I'm doing it, it feels odd. It feels a little out of character. Isn't
1: it nice to wake up with not, without a hangover? Oh, it's I mean, isn't isn't it
3: unbelievable? Well, in, uh, in my just, case, uh, there there weren't I hangovers it. anymore. It was just yeah. it was drunk sick all yeah, the oh, time yeah, yeah, yeah. and drunk and drug sick. I mean, I remember you know, I was the guy for three or four years who would brag about not drinking. Because I was hooked on something else, you know, and, and sure. I was that guy. And when you would have withdrawal from that, it feel like, you know, dogs were eating your legs. I kid you not. That yes. was the feeling. And, and But not waking up and, and not only not having the hangover, but not having the guilt of somebody you might have messaged, somebody you might have texted. What <laughs> yeah. did you text? What did you send? Right, God right, only right. knows what's out there. Right. But, but I don't have that anymore. And right there, you take away half the battle. You take away half the problem. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a Well, good Matt, life. we
0: got about a minute left here. You look amazing, though. Thank you. Like, because you went through a time where, you know— during your dark period you got a little doughy you know weren't in the best physical condition yeah, that's now all gone. you yeah, look I like mean. a million damn dollars
3: dude well i, I appreciate that and you know it's a, a i credit god I, I credit this you know the listening audience and you know everybody at this radio station it's about you know somebody loving me when i didn't love myself and i don't mean to go so deep with you guys here but like uh, it. you know it's it, that that's what it's all about i mean i i remember one of my trips to uh rehabilitation they said uh, hey by the way your liver enzymes are high and i'm like, of course, I'm an alcoholic. They're like, no, for here. <laughs> <laughs> By our standards. <laughs> By our standards. I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, everything's great. And I just, you know, I invite anybody out there that, you know, need, needs uh, might think they have an issue to go find help. It is out there. A support group is out there. And uh, I'll even be happy to help you find
0: it. Dude, keep fighting. Keep yeah. kicking its backside. And again, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke here. This show is not the same when you're not here. Well, like, I you are say. a part of this Family, right. you are a part of
1: what we do here. The guy just felt my lymph nodes, for God's sake. Right. I, I mean, that's how close we are.
3: That was the best part of my week. <laughs> I haven't seen him touch you since the hernia incident of a year ago.
0: Matt bear you're the All best.
3: All right, the Hammer nice. and
0: Nigel show.
4: And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel show, 93 WIPC.
1: Crime, punishment, judges legal stuff yeah, i mean the story of this teenager that was run over because he was supposedly the, you know an extremist maga republican uh run over and killed by this this drunk guy shannon brant this happened in north dakota it's 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 gross it's ugly and nobody's talking about it
0: right so if there's somebody Ex- that you know is conservative or a Republican, or they identify as such. And they so much send a snippy email to somebody. Oh, look at that. Look at that extremism. Those are those MAGA Republicans. Here was an 18-year-old kid. And I know he's 18. He's a legal adult, but he's a kid to me. And he was at a group. He was a well-known Republican and some lunatic who may, I don't know, may have been inspired by Joe Biden's speech in Philadelphia the dark red background these evil maga republicans this piece of crap gets into an altercation with him and it seems like the altercation comes to an end but this guy goes back to his vehicle chases him down runs him over and kills him and unfortunately he was back out on the streets just a little bit later after paying bail crazy that is first-degree murder it should be nothing less than first-degree murder and the fact that this story has been suppressed by a lot of the national media is disgusting our pal jesse waters friend of the show uh we've had him on a lot now he's got two programs that he does over at fox the five and primetime with jesse waters he talked about this in his primetime show
2: Primetime reported last night on an 18-year-old man in North Dakota, brutally murdered over his political beliefs by a guy who thought he was one of those ultra-mega-fascists Joe Biden warned us about. Apparently, there was a confrontation. The suspect, 41-year-old Shannon Brandt, said he was afraid for his life, so he ran the Republican kid over with his truck. So a lunatic kills a teenager over his politics, leaves him there for dead in an alleyway. No one's talking about the story. Are they going to diagnose Shannon Brandt with a mental illness? I mean, he sounds like he has MAGA derangement syndrome, but they won't. And not only that, they let him out on $50,000 bail, even though he literally confessed to the crime and gave the cops a motive. This is exactly the kind of country Democrats are creating, where they get their base all riled up over fear and then make us the targets
0: that was Jesse Waters on Fox. Again, this story you have to really scroll through a lot of the major news network websites to even find a blurb about this. On social media, you'll find a little bit. I
1: think CBS wrote about it didn't even mention the the Republican angle. Didn't remember didn't even mention the 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 fact that this was it, it was political. Didn't even mention that. That's probably that's a big part of the story, right? It's a
0: big and key part of this story. The fact that he was a known Republican and this lunatic who probably thinks all Republicans are ready to storm the Capitol at any given moment murders this kid. And that's what it is. Uh, Conservative commentator Jack Posebik.
2: I don't want to live in a world where things like this are happening to anyone either side of the aisle. But the problem is they are happening. And it is the far left that is now targeting children, in this case, a teenage boy, and murdering them because of their political beliefs. And guess what? I do have two little boys. And so many other people have children and grandchildren that are publicly known as either you know, either the families are conservative or maybe they're getting involved. You know, going to turning point events, etc. This is insane. This is completely insane, and we have to pull out all the stops to do something about that.
0: So if you're gonna tell me that Donald Trump fired up the crowd on January 6th, and because of his rhetoric, people stormed into the Capitol, then what are you gonna say about Joe Biden when this happens? Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm- <clears throat> Here, the truth of the matter is there's some people that think the link between Donald Trump like they can't point to any specific thing Donald Trump said January 6th and and say, oh, there, there's, that's what he did. That's what he did to cause incitement. They can't point at what? I'm, you know fight like hell. That's what the Democrats have been saying that for, for years. And Democrats are the ones that are calling, you know, a call to arms. Crazy Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, uh, the mayor of Chicago, um, Lori Lightfoot, both using the, the, the phrase, It's a, we need a call to arms for different, for Roe v. Wade and uh, things like that. Um, and then you have guys like Representative, uh, New York Representative Zeldin, for example, running against Hochul for uh, governor in New York. Attacked by who? Crazy, wacko, uh, liberal that thought he was bad for the country and
0: donald trump has that charlottesville quote taken out of context all the time right and they use that against him it's completely taken out of contest we've played the long version of the clip time after time again but leftists don't want to hear it but what about the guy that tried to murder brett kavanaugh what about the crazy bernie bro that shot steve scalise and tried to murder all the other republicans at the softball game what about all of 2020 and don't be this person that says, well, you're just doing whataboutism. You bet your sweet ass I'm doing whataboutism because there's a double standard in this country. There's a double standard with the media. Chris Beatty was Mr. Indianapolis. He was an innocent man that was trying to help somebody during the riots of Indianapolis, and he was murdered in cold blood by people who felt emboldened by Democratic leadership. They knew they could come downtown in Indianapolis and get away with things. The left feels emboldened to riot because they know they can get away with it when they control the leadership. You,
1: guys, you got guys like Tim Ryan in Ohio running against J.D. Vance for Senate um, saying, you know, you need to kill and confront the Republican MAGA extreme movement. I mean, that kind of stuff. If, if we're going to start linking stuff or we're going to start linking words to actions, yeah, you better damn well start looking very hard and close at what the Democrats are saying about quote unquote MAGA Republicans. If you're gonna do it for for Donald Trump, you damn well do it for the other side too. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
7: <laughs> yeah, what up? This is
4: Doctor Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on ninety-three WIBC. <laughs>
1: Getting ready to post a side-by-side comparison of my inflamed neck. Uh, right next to Fat Bastard. Uh, <laughs> I was out for a couple of days with the, what the doctor said was lymphaden, lymphadenosis or lymphenosis or something with the Monkey lymph Monkey pox of the neck. Uh, it was gross and ugly. And uh, there, Was there pus in there? Uh, I didn't. He My doctor said if it didn't go down, I would have had to go to the emergency room and do a drainage. Oh. And then he goes, he texted me, he quotes, quote, let's not let's hope that doesn't happen because quote it's not fun oh man you're really disgusting sometimes i, I don't it's just just a function of like being 46 mid, mid middle age and just like I, I i go dude how does this happen and he's like well some, maybe you had an abscess in your tooth that was draining and i'm like well i just went to the dentist they would give me a, a clean bill of health and just maybe the dentist uh, infected you before you no, left no 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 they're they're they the dentist is awesome great no i wouldn't say that at all but uh your pants were undone and you were infected when you were finished (laughs) (laughs) that's a productive trip to the dentist (laughs) so uh, i mean just such a big grapefruit sized ball of infection sweaty pulsating heaving just oh god it's just it's gross do you remember the movie van wilder
0: uh, with, uh, what's his name, Ryan Reynolds yeah. in it when he was younger. There's a character in that movie named Sick Boy, and he's in the <laughs> hall, and of course he's always sick, and there's one scene where they open the door, and it looks like he's got a softball-sized goiter on his yeah. neck. Yeah,
1: my wife looked at me like uh, uh, Elaine did in Seinfeld when she went to the old lady's house, and she had a goiter. <laughs> that's the way she was looking at me. I mean, that's a, that, that, that exact scene, now, it's not a goiter, it's, it's, it's finally, I, he put me on like an antibiotic and a steroid and i got some pain meds and it's all good now but man i was i was sweating it there for a couple days and i'm like what what is happening to me mondo what
0: were some of the ailments that we told listeners nigel had i think herpes of the neck was one of them <laughs> bleeding out of a lot of different orifices oh, right. on your body we went full
1: donald trump on megan kelly with you he's bleeding out of somewhere
4: <laughs> Bleeding from the
1: eyes. I, 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 well, like I said, I got a text earlier that said just said vaginosis. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> like I can only imagine what they're... So was it painful? Like were you in pain? Uh, not not as bad as like uh, like an ear infection like where my eardrum would swell shut, which I've had that would like swimmer's ear, or something like my eardrum would just swell shut like a uh, tighter than a snare drum., uh, but it was very it was yeah, it was painful and it, it was uh, uh, seeping into my head. Like in terms of like just pounding a headache and just it was it was really uh but the 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 pain and the swell the swelling is down and uh it's it's fine now. I still got like a little walnut in there. So rank, these, still, three
0: still little, yeah, yeah, rank yeah. these three things of pain. Rank these three things of pain. Earache, toothache,
1: or your neck herpes. Now neck is definitely third. Neck was neck was okay, but earache uh whew. Toothache the, sucks. The, 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 the if toothache, you've ever had a toothache, man, that sucks. And if it's on the weekend and there's nobody available to come take care of it or you can't do anything about it, it's you just have to live with that stuff. Oh, it's brutal. So uh, lymphadenosis, lymphadenitis or something like that is, is what I would. Look that up. There's some disgusting pictures <laughs> on Google because, believe me, I Googled that crap. Right. I go, oh, God. Uh, but it wasn't—it uh, wasn't as worse as some of those you've seen in medical pictures. Have you posted
0: the photo yet of you and Fat Bastard?
1: Yep. Yeah, side by side.
4: Come Get- here, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> Get in my belly.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, it kind of looks like a baby.
0: That uh, on Twitter?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, at Hammer and Nigel. Yes.
0: Mondo, let's side do some side. booze news. <laughs> <laughs> set
4: them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one.
1: We are going to read booze news because it's really
4: fun. Oh, what's it your lips? It's so good. I yeah, do Booze news, booze news. Time for booze news.
0: So there was a collision between a couple big rigs that sent Coors Light spilling all across a Florida
1: highway. Have you seen that picture? Brings a tear to my eye, to be honest with you. I mean, that's a mess. I mean, that is, uh, it's truly something to behold. I, I wonder, you know what? There's got to be good cans still left. I wonder what it's going to do the ones that aren't open. Right. Could you be pull over and be a, quote, good Samaritan <laughs> to make
0: sure the is driver's it? okay? And then, oh, by the way, help, quote, clean yeah, up. It's like the the, <laughs> the Briggs
1: truck that got stolen, or maybe the Briggs truck that, the, I don't know, he got stolen or the back busted open on I 70 towards the airport a few years ago. Right. And people pull over and start picking up bags of money. It's the same way with big there on this Florida highway. (laughs) People just just screeching to the side of the road and keeping up cans of Coors Light.
0: And when I see, like, the damaged (laughs) cans, we were just watching Animal House in studio. There's a scene where, like, the movers, you know, they're taking all the stuff from the Delta House out because they've been kicked off campus, and a moving guy drops a bottle of beam, and you see Bluto.
4: (laughs) Ah! And it
0: completely melts down. (laughs) Top stories coming up next. That's the Hammer and Nigel
1: Show.
4: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock
1: it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. When we had Senator Mike Braun live in the studio a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. Do we ask him if he thought about running for governor or not? I can't I think we did. And he was just kind of elusive about it. I, right. I'm not sure. But now it's kind of a few weeks have passed and it's like kind of the worst kept secret uh, around that uh, it looks like uh, Mr. Braun, uh, 2024, might not, uh, doesn't really like uh, being a senator and uh, wants to run for governor. Yeah, this is kind of something that's been out there in the rumor
0: mill for a long time because in Indiana, Governor Holcomb is termed out. Now, the way Indiana works is you can serve multiple terms as governor in a row, then you have to take a break, and then if you want, you can come back. They just can't all be consecutive. So we're coming up on a time where we're going to have a new governor in the state, and one of the names that was always talked about was Mike Braun and yeah he kind of played coy with us when we asked him about it a couple weeks ago but uh, we were always under the impression this was probably something he wanted to do because he made it known he didn't want to be one of these lifers in the senate he didn't want to be somebody in there like Mitch McConnell you know half
1: of his life trying to get things done well he and then uh, now the hot rumor is if he uh, leaves the senate then it's going to be Spartz running for his seat
0: interesting man again this is what's known as in the indycar series the silly season when it's the off season and everybody has these rumors about changing teams and who's going where you know they call it hot stove in baseball uh free agency in the nfl and the nba that's kind of where we're at right now even though we are full speed ahead into the midterms less than seven weeks away we're still talking about 2024. We don't know who the Democrats are going to nominate for president. Does anybody really believe that Joe Biden's going to be the guy?
1: Pelosi doesn't even didn't even think she, she was. They played a clip. I heard it on uh, the Kendall and Casey show earlier today. Like, well, yeah, he's a great Pelosi. said, oh, he's a great president. He he beat Donald Trump. And uh, I'm not going to get into whether or not I think he should run or not. <laughs> like, like everybody's saying that about Joe Biden. Even Joe Biden on 60 Minutes said, hey. Look at well, you know, it's it's my intention to run. It's his intention. He wouldn't confirm. I mean, he's filled out the paperwork and everything like that. It's my
0: intention to win the lottery this weekend too. Let's
1: see what I did, happens. I, I don't know where I am in my life or in my, my mid-40s, and I find this stuff fascinating, but I do like to play the what-if game. I, I do like to see. I, I am paying attention to some of those high-profile races, uh, Senate races in this country, uh, Fetterman and Oz, and then uh, Warnock and uh, – in uh, Walker. Hershel Walker in Georgia, uh, who's going to be Indiana's next governor in 2024, who's going to be the next president in 2024.
0: Are is, we going to get a primary, a primary debate where Donald Trump's on one side and Ron DeSantis is on the other? I mean, that's going to be some good stuff if that happens. Do you think we'll see Trump and DeSantis in the mix together? Are they going to run against each other?
1: Um, well, they definitely can't it can't be Trump and DeSantis on the same ticket. I don't think he can be from the same state. Right. Um, so And nobody and wants to be Robin and, to the Batman. They both want to be Batman, right? Um well, I mean, DeSantis has got you know. I think he's an overwhelming favorite to win another term for governor. First of all, this year, and he's got to get through that first, and then we'll see in twenty twenty four. I think, I think Trump gets the nomination if. I don't think anybody runs against Trump if he if he announces his intention to.
0: If run. Trump says I'm yeah, running he, again, I'm going to try yeah, to beat Joe DeSantis. Biden, whoever it is. You don't think DeSantis no, is in?
1: No, I don't know, man. I think this
0: yeah. is his time. Ron DeSantis doesn't want to be the Bernie Sanders right to where you bide your time, yeah. you're willing to play ball for the party, but then you miss your opportunity. yeah but Ted Cruz he, missed an opportunity. Bernie
1: Sanders is like ninety eight years old though. I mean DeSantis is a young guy. he's he's probably got another four years ahead of him and you don't want to get in that in that sort of viper room that 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 viper pit is his stock Donald ever Trump. going to be higher though? After the, you know,
0: Marcus yeah, Vineyard stunt right. and all that kind of stuff, is his stock ever going to be higher? I'd say,
1: I'd say this. If there is a primary and DeSantis beats Trump, Trump will back DeSantis. You think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think DeSantis is—somebody uh, called him Heavy D on Twitter today. I don't, I forget, <laughs> I don't know where I saw that, but th- if there's a primary and DeSantis beats Trump, then Trump is all in on DeSantis and will back him 100%.
0: And again, you know me, I'm a gambler. I'm the I'm a betting guy. I've always maintained DeSantis is the safest pick to win, but I don't think anybody can beat Donald Trump in a primary because he's got that kind of appeal. He's got such loyalty to his base and his voters. There's a lot of Trump voters who feel like there wouldn't
1: be a Ron DeSantis if it weren't for Donald Trump. There's also a lot of Trump voters that held their nose at the ballot box in 2016. And, and pulled the lever and are like, at this point in time, oh, man, I hope he doesn't run again. I can't deal with it again. But that's, um, you know, the, the polling's close between those two. It is. It is. I just think if you stretch
0: it out across the country, once you get it outside of Florida, obviously, you get into Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky. I mean, states all over the country. Can anybody beat Donald Trump? Now, you look at Ron DeSantis, he's got all the qualities of Trump without the baggage, but there's also a f- large faction of people who feel like, you know what, they've been going at Donald Trump, whether we think it's right or not, they've been going at him For a number of years now They raided his house when he wasn't the president For what? For some ridiculous political theater
1: I wonder, did you have the clip over the past couple days Of Jared Kushner going on one of the local morning, Not local, but one of the national morning shows And saying, "Uh, well, I don't like Really what DeSantis did These are human beings, they can't be political pawns no. Do you have that clip? I Jared did not. Jared Kush, the Cush man, Kushner. I'm not Ivanka's a Kush guy. No, I don't think anybody is. I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> like, I definitely don't think Trump voters are. And uh, I wonder, but I, I wonder, you know, Kushner's under the Trump umbrella. Well, if we do see Trump, are we going to see Kushner in this? I, no, I think he's got too many um, new business ventures now uh, to to get him in the, in the administration again if Trump wins. I, I, I hope I don't see him. Again, but you know the fact that Jared Kushner, somebody's closely associated associated with Trump, his son-in-law, it goes on. You know, it was either ABC or CBS, one of those national mornings. Oh, I don't think what Desantis. I think you can't you can't do that. I don't. These are human lives. You can't use them as political pawns.
0: Because I don't think Kushner is a conservative. I don't think Kushner no, has no, no, ever God, been a Republican. No. And honestly, I don't think Ivanka is either. Um, So that's the kind of thing. I think throughout the course of the last six years, Donald Trump, who was probably a Democrat most of his life, let's be honest. I think he morphed into a conservative because he sees how out of control and what lunatics these people are. Don Jr. the same way. He sees the way they've treated his family, his old man. And They're all in now. I don't know if Ivanka and Jared are all in. I just, I don't get that feeling from those folks. Uh, Mondo, I saw a picture of Randy Macho Man Savage earlier today. I think it was (laughs) on that website, Super 70 Sports. I love that Twitter account. It's a great Twitter account. And they were showing the photo of Randy Macho Man Savage. His real name is uh, Randy Poffo. Uh, back when he was a baseball player in the Cincinnati Reds and Cardinals organization. So what I want you to do right now, just because it's kind of at the top of my mind, I want you to throw it over to Matt Baer in the WIBC WIB, Traffic Center in your best Randy Macho Man Savage impression.
4: Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, Hammer Nigel, the cream of the crop when it comes to traffic in all of the United <laughs> States of America. It doesn't get any better. Hogan, it doesn't get any better <laughs> than Matt Baird. Dig it. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. yeah, about that? That was wonderful. Oh. What, he used to be a baseball player? Yeah. Play baseball. Hit the baseball. Hit the dingers.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lust in your eyes. Wow, no, i, I Elizabeth.
3: <laughs> Look Lust at in it. your eyes,
4: Elizabeth. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's so uh, good. That's the throwback right there. That's great. Matt
4: Bear's about to climb to the top rope and elbow <laughs> okay, drop the track. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got We got, got it. Emma Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah.
1: Is... Is this anything on 93 All right, Hammer, hit me. How do we play? Is this anything?
0: I run stories by you. You listen. You study. You break down all the information, and then you give us a verdict on whether or not the story is anything or not. Is this anything? An Atlanta based rapper is accused of hanging out on the balcony of his high rise naked and relieving himself from it onto the streets below. <laughs> Here is shoddy dread denying the <laughs> allegations and the people on the street reacting to the pee. I
4: promise I wasn't. I'm
3: famous. I'm on TV, bro. I didn't do this, man. That's disgusting. What is wrong with these people today? Holy shit. what you to... Oh, my God. This kind of exceeds the
1: balance of
0: decency you even think that someone will even do that in an area where you have people walking
4: by
1: first of all if he was a bum if he was homeless he'd probably be given a medal by the uh, local administration there <laughs> in atlanta they'd probably uh, give him a, a you know a, a blanket and a free meal and uh, a voucher for a bus ride or something like that but because he is shoddy dread <laughs> and, and a famous rapper so look up by the way see if you can find shoddy dread on youtube kyle something so clean please uh, radio friendly i want to know shawty that's s-h-a-w-t-y shawty Sh- shawty dread d-r-e-d we're the whitest people
0: in the world shawty i can't wait dread. till we get over into the radio one building hello <laughs> we were just talking about shawty dread the other day Do you guys does radio now play shawty dread <laughs> first of all we don't have radio now anymore second of all uh, no uh,
1: nothing is coming up in youtube for shawty dread oh man but i mean I'm, look do you agree with my point though if he was homeless he's not getting Arrested for something like this? I don't care if it's off a balcony or not. No, he'll be a victim of society. Yes, exactly. So you're only the only problem here. The the only I- irony of it is you have a job. And he can you play it again where he says he's famous? You can't <laughs> find him on just find him on YouTube. I promise I
3: wasn't. I'm famous. I'm on TV. Bro. I didn't do this, man. That's disgusting. <laughs> what is wrong with these people today? <laughs> Holy s.
0: Oh my God, it just kind of exceeds the balance of decency. You even think that someone will
2: even do that in an area where you have people, I mean, walking. Think
1: of it, people walking around in San Francisco see that every day right in front of them. And now you have a guy, one guy, one rapper, shoddy Dread, decides to take a leak off a of balcony and all of a sudden the world is ending. It's pretty commonplace in those areas. Imagine being a shoddy Dread fan
0: and you're walking around, <laughs> hey, Look him in the balcony. Is that who I think it is? Is he Oh no, he's peeing off the balcony. He's got yellow dreads. How do you know? I just found a picture
1: of him. Shoddy dreads. Still
0: still can't find his music on YouTube, Come though. Oh man. But he's got some cool yellow dreads. All right. Are they shoddy? Uh, are they shoddy dreads?
1: Uh I guess. Is, sh- okay. is shoddy um is that uh hip hop for shorty?
0: I believe so. I believe
1: it is, okay. yes. That would be the
0: ebonic spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Have we ever sounded whiter than we have during this story right here? (laughs) Next time, I'm just going to go full white guy. Shorty Dread. (laughs) The story of Shorty Shorty. Dread, who was urinating off of an apartment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, every time you it, like that guy sounds l- like every imitation of a white guy sounds like Tiger Woods when he gets mad on the tee box. You guys taking off freaking pictures! <laughs> remember, when, remember, when you got mad at the guy for taking pictures in his backswing. You guys taking off freaking pictures, and you doing that impression
0: it's, sounds it's, like Dave Chappelle's doing uh, an impression of, of Tiger white, Woods or a
1: white guy. That's like a shizzle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when they had the race draft and the episode of Chappelle's show. The whites have selected Tiger Woods for shizzle. Uh, I've always wanted to say this, for shizzle.
4: <laughs>
0: Is this anything? Oh, man. A University of Utah student has been arrested for posting on social media that if the school's football team didn't win their game, she was going to detonate a nuclear reactor. What? Here is the chief of police talking about the threat.
4: It would be impossible to detonate the reactor on campus. This one is unique because it's never been a threat to the reactor. Even if they're completely incapable of carrying out the threat, or if the threat is made but an attempt is not, it's still the same charge. If it was meant as a joke, which, you know, given the wording of the actual post, if the Utes don't win, I think it is a good message to be careful and and, uh, think before you post.
1: Eh... I don't think this is anything. It's not like somebody being dumb on social There's a nuclear reactor in Utah, on the University of Utah. I didn't think it was that? a whale's crank, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Name that movie. Name we that movie. It. Thank you. I it, was clean. it was cleaned up, of course. Of course. Um, no, I don't think. I don't think. A... So this chick, 21 years old, is facing a... Th- terrorism charge and second degree it was second degree felony it's gonna ruin her entire life did she
0: actually have the nuclear reactor because if she actually had one maybe we got a ball game here but saying you're going to you know blow one up if you lose i don't know
1: if the football team did not win the game she was going to detonate the nuclear reactor that is located in the university of utah So she didn't
0: have it. It was at the university.
1: Yes. It's not like it was sitting in her dorm room somewhere. (laughs) Right. Nobody has a nuclear reactor underneath her bunk bed. There's a missile! There's a
0: (laughs) missile in our living room. Love weird science. Last one, is this anything? Rodney Dangerfield's yacht from Caddyshack. Is on sale for the low, low price of three hundred and forty-nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Get
1: out of here!
0: It's a sixty-foot 1979 Striker, so it was brand new when they filmed
1: Caddyshack.
4: Hey, my buddy,
1: I move over, Swanson. I'm driving.
4: Stop! 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 Okay, drop back. Oh. <laughs> you scratch
1: my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's something look it doesn't really impress me that, you know Jim Ursay's big rock and roll memorabilia collection of the Beatles drums and uh, you know David Gilmour's four million dollar guitar or whatever but I would if I had all the money in the world I, that is something I'd buy the yacht Rodney Dangerfield's yacht from Caddyshack <laughs> especially if it still works and it's still saleable right oh that would be great yes I would spend 300 grand on that uh, maybe upwards of 400 grand on on his his yacht that is something I'm not a memorabilia guy in, in terms of hanging stuff up and spending a lot of money on that but that is something to brag out uh, you about scratched right my anchor <laughs> guys let's go take a ride yeah this is the boat from Caddyshack are you kidding me yes <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show
4: and we're back
0: Nigel Show,
1: ninety-three WIPC. All right, you're gonna have to tell me more about this CNN lineup. Hammer, it sucks. The, the, there you the go. go like the this new morning show that okay, so like Don Lemon is the only na- like I recognize Poppy Harlow just because her name's Poppy, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't know her if she walked in the studio right now and gave me a prostate exam i wouldn't i wouldn't know who that was like but i just i know the name because it's a unique name now caitlin
0: collins she's the one who's also going to be part of this morning show she covers the white house she's the brunette you
1: know her so honestly, so th- moving that's that's the that's the that's the morning show. Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins.
0: Right. And honestly, for me. And again, this is just my opinion. I think this is the new brass of CNN going. All right. Don Lemon was last in prime time. We're going to move him to mornings. We know he's probably going to be last in mornings too. It's our excuse to fire him because then we can say after a year, Don, we've tried everything and you've been last place every single time slot here, kid, we're going to have to move on. Like, I think that's the CNN brass because honestly, what do they have to lose here? They're already last place in the mornings, Fox and friends and morning. Joe beat the brakes off of new day. Currently, so even if Don Lemon goes over there and has a little bit of success, it's better than
1: previously, but if he continues to flame out, then they can just fire Don Lemon and move on. Is this the more is this the new CNN? This is the new more centrist CNN. This is the new Hard news, CNN. <laughs> uh, you know they they fired Zucker and the CNN executive that he was he was banging. Hey, the, you know the the president, the leader, CNN. Uh, they got new ownership. They got rid of Lubin Tubin, uh, even though he technically quote unquote resigned their their law correspondent. They got rid of uh, the thumb, Brian Stelter, maybe some other ancillary guys, but they still have Don Lemon. They still have uh, Jim Acosta. For God's sake, I think uh, the Andy McCabe. Uh, the, the deputy director of the FBI disgraced uh, uh, you know, under James Comey that lied to uh, uh, federal authorities about the Clinton investigation is still uh, uh, employed there.
0: Honestly, well. they haven't really fired any major primetime talent. All they've done is just put people in different spots. It's like musical chairs. So coming soon to CNN, just in time for your midterms, the morning show of Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and Caitlin Collins... And then uh, it's pretty much straight news and coverage throughout the day. And then John Berman and Brianna Keeler, they're going to fill in for Jake Tapper on the lead because they're moving Jake Tapper. So the folks that are doing the morning show now go from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Wolf Blitzer picks up an extra hour. He's 5 p.m. until 7 and then seven until nine p.m. Anderson Cooper. Now we don't know what direction they're taking with his show, but I only hope and pray they make him drink tequila shots. <laughs> Feel free
3: to toast along with us. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Everybody ah! here seems to be having a great time. He's not a good drinker. Ah! It's like burning your lungs.
4: Ah! It's burning.
0: <laughs> it's burning. Now, Nige, one of our favorite movies <laughs> unbelievable. is Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to see if you can tell the difference here in this little sound clip that I've put together. See if you can tell who's Anderson Cooper and who's Poindexter having his crotch grabbed, okay?
4: <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs>
0: I can't tell. Can I get it one more
1: time, Mondo? You know, uh, it doesn't bode well for John Berman and Brianna Keeler. Uh, you say, okay, they're they're yanking them out of their morning show duties, and now they're quote filling in for Jake Tapper, who's taken over the nine p.m. spot. Right, Tapper's going to nine. So they haven't been able to. So they haven't solidified their spot at CNN yet. You're, hey, you're just gonna fill in for Jake Tapper.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, you look at what CNN's doing right now. They're just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. They know (laughs) this thing is a mess. They know what's going down, but let's just try people in different spots. Uh, Allison Camerata and Lauren Coates, they're going to be doing the 10 to midnight slot. So, again, this is just moving the deck chairs on the Titanic. The band is already playing. And when everybody fails miserably in these spots like they have been or what's expected, bada bing bada boom the new cnn boss can say listen i tried to give you guys a chance i moved you around we're bringing in hammer and nigel <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, according to a new poll from gas they found that the Amer- average american holds in 338 farts and burps per
1: year <laughs> No way, not this guy. <laughs>
0: Brett Kavanaugh, your thoughts? That
1: refers to flatulence. We were 16. I want to talk about flatulence at age 16 on a yearbook page. I'm, I'm game.
0: All right. If Brett Kavanaugh's game, I think we're game <laughs> here. And who are we to deny the scientists of GasX their moment in the sun? Um, so, where do people most normally hold them in it? Um, According to what they found, a restaurant is at the top of the list, and the worst place to accidentally float an air biscuit is a work meeting. A work meeting. Yeah. Here's a little bit more information. Uh, 55% say they've muted themselves on a Zoom call (laughs) to fart.
1: Right, that's what Lubin Tubin was doing.
0: Well, he was doing a little bit more than well. He thought he, gas. he
1: thought he was. He thought he was on mute. He thought he, he thought the Zoom conversation was done. So he took his pants off and got busy. <laughs> um, the rest of the uh,
0: places that are somewhat embarrassing um, include <laughs> include work, restaurants, anywhere you're with a significant other. Um, Here's an interesting piece of information that came from GasX. How long will we wait before we stop holding it in around the person that we're dating? The average answer was six dates.
1: Six oh, dates. Oh, yeah, no. I, I would think it would be much longer than that, although I try to hold it in now just because the wife... Like, I, I would still like to have relations with my wife, and the more... Disgusting things I do and the habits I have, and my neck. I mean, she looked at me the past two days like I was some circus sideshow freak with this, with this neck lympho uh, uh, lymph, uh, or whatever you call lymphadenitis. Neck herpes. Yeah, neck <laughs> herpes. I mean, she just thinks like so. The more I can do to mitigate uh, her disgust for me, uh, you know, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to do that. Have you ever timed out a fart to a song? No. <laughs> Like, you kept up with the beat? So, like, at the no. end of the theme song to
0: the Big Bang Theory, it's, it all started with a Big Bang Bang. I have timed out a <laughs> fart to <laughs> coincide with the bang. <laughs> And I'm pretty you, proud of that. Do you try to hold them in around Crystal? No, no, not no. at all. Not at all. Sometimes I'll just let a big one go to remind her whose territory <laughs> this is. Um, so. It's <laughs> not a dog
1: peeing on a hydrant.
0: <laughs> to recap, this study from GasX says that we hold in 388 farts per year.
6: Not if you're Eric Swalwell, the though. The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. <laughs>
1: I like how he paused.
0: There's a brief pause, <laughs> and farts and burps. Not if your TV
5: host Wendy Williams. And she probably got five new boyfriends. We haven't caught anybody coming out of the house yet, but just a matter of time. She's not lonely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I apologize. I apologize.
0: Now, I want to play that wow. clip one more time because that was live on the air. That's Wendy impressive. Williams has a burp, and then I think it just triggers a fart, <laughs> and you can hear the audience. There's an audible, oh, like right afterwards. And
5: she's probably got five new boyfriends. We haven't caught anybody coming out of the house yet, but just a matter of time. She's not lonely. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize.
1: How does? I mean, how does the microphone, is there a microphone on her butt? How does it pick? How does it pick that? I mean, up? she's probably wearing it,
0: one on, like, like, on like her chest. Light, and it it must have just had enough
1: juice to it where
0: you could pick it up. <laughs> I hope and pray that's Ew. not going to be me this weekend on all Indiana bets. <laughs> no, you got to
1: make. The, you got to do it on purpose. You got to put the microphone up to your butt on purpose and do it.
0: I wish we had a studio audience so I could hear that audible groan. Oh, oh no! Uh, coming up next, there's going to be a reboot of a classic Eddie Murphy movie. We'll tell you what it is next
4: you're listening to the hammer and nigel show on 93 wib
1: oh, so is this the the sequel or the movie reunion you were talking about earlier beverly hills
0: cop. yeah they're going to make beverly hills cop axel foley so like this past year we had top gun maverick The new movie, which is uh, scheduled to uh, get into production uh, any day now, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. And it sounds like they're bringing back all of the cast. I've
1: seen pictures of Judge Reinhold on set. Judge Reinhold,
0: John Ashton, uh, of course, Eddie Murphy playing the role of Axel Foley, uh, Paul Reiser, uh, Bronson Pinchot. He was Balky from Perfect Strangers, but was also in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. All coming back uh, for the film. Okay. So my question to you, Big Nige, taking the stand-up stuff out of the equation. Right. No Raw, no Delirious, no Saturday
1: Night Live. What is the signature movie for Eddie Murphy? It's got to be Beverly Hills Cop, 84, first one, for sure. Um, I I think Coming to America is a close second for me. Like, when I was a kid, I uh, I loved The Golden Child. I loved that movie. Trading Places um, was Trading good. Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd, um, and let's not forget about Forty Eight Hours with Nick Nolte. Forty Eight Hours, another great film. So I, I think, I think at the top of the heap is Beverly Hills Cop. I loved Harlem Nights. May have been uh, underrated. Really, so you're funny. the only one I think that loves Harlem Nights. I, I loved Harlem Nights. It's really underrated. With Richard Pryor. Uh, but yeah, all the others I I don't know. Once he kind of got into that family genre, it lost its edge
0: a little bit. The Doctor
1: Doolittles and things like that. I, Daddy Daycare. Remember uh, the Distinguished Gentleman, early '90s. Yeah, where he was a con man that I don't know. He got uh, elected as a congressman or something like that. Boomerang. Or, I remember Boomerang. Yeah, Boomerang wasn't
0: bad. Smoke Show. Halle Berry.
1: Yeah. I'm going
0: Coming to America. If I have to say my number one seed of Eddie Murphy movies is Coming to America, but I think you may be right. If we went out a Monument Circle and just asked 100 random people, what is the movie of Eddie Murphy that you think of right off the top of your head, I think most people would probably say Beverly Hills Cop. We'll see. Uh, Hit us up on social media, at Hammer and Nigel. Mondo? Underrated Eddie Murphy movie? Norbit. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, nah. I, I have seen it, but I no, not I. I have not I mean, seen Norbit. Uh, I don't think I wanted to see Norbit. Bo, though he Bo, just cracks me up as that character.
1: Bowfinger was kind of funny. That's where they're with making Steve the movie, Martin. but the guy doesn't know that they're making the movie, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I mean that was kind of entertaining. I mean, life with with Martin Lawrence was kind of funny. He was good in Dreamgirls. Yeah, that was uh, more of a serious kind of role. Yeah, that was Jamie Fox and uh, what's her name, Knowles, Beyonce. I think. Did you
0: guys right. mention the Nutty Professor? Nutty Professor was a good yeah. film. That's kind of when yeah. he was going family man. Yeah, like I like the Phil Florn, Florn, filth, Eddie Murphy. But are we are we are we excited about the Beverly Hills Cop reunion? Or uh... I mean, I'll watch it. Like I watched the sequel to Coming to America. Yeah, but. Th- and it wasn't really good. No. There was a few laughs in there, but it took me down that trip down memory lane.
1: So you kind of compared this to Top Gun Maverick in terms of the marketing and the positioning of the with the title of the the film, right? right. I mean so it's a Top Gun Maverick, Beverly Hills cop Axel. Axel you know Foley. It? Okay. Right. I mean the the the, the last Beverly Hills Cop, I can remember. The fourth one was left much to be desired. That was like in 94, I think, wasn't it? it
0: Really? Was it that long ago? That was the one at the amusement park. and It just wasn't very good. wasn't very good at all. But uh, I'll probably watch it. Why? Because I'm a sucker. Um, Here's a new study for you. Uh, Turns out that inflation has made it tough to splurge. Surprise, surprise. Um, There's this discussion about what people are splurging on online, despite the fact that money is tight. So basically, these are the things that you're willing to spend a little extra for because you want the good quality. So like we've talked in the past, Nige, like toilet paper. I'm willing to spend a little bit more
1: for the good brand of toilet paper. I mean, listen, I got to have it. Yeah, screw the Kirkland Costco. BS. I, I gotta have cotton Um, what about uh windshield wipers? Because that came in at number one, surprisingly. Did me. it really? My wife needs new windshield wipers. Was- uh coffee. Do you splurge on the good yeah, coffee? I wish my wife would. She buys the Kirkland stuff again at Costco. I don't like it. Um, how about the eggs is on there? I don't care eggs, about eggs, no.
0: Clothing. Uh, I kind of splurge on clothing. Like, yeah. I'm not like somebody that's gonna have a thousand dollar shirt on but at the same time you know i don't have like a shirt that booger would wear from revenge of the nerds
1: on at the same time greasy tonies hey can i uh coming up a little bit after five o'clock everything you wanted to know about the immigration crisis at the border we have this guy on this immigration reporter john bender uh, from Breitbart, who has been covering this uh, he, he's extensively. So, I mean, there's a lawsuit now with Ron DeSantis and the Soros-funded group that's suing him. And we're going to talk a lot about that. And then just to continue, I mean, it's a huge story. Martha's Vineyard is still a huge story. And uh, we'll get to that next here on the Hammer and Nigel Show.
4: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it.
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Uh, illegal immigration continues to be a huge story in this country. Uh, people are I, I feel like people are finally starting to take notice, especially after Governor Ron DeSantis sent a busload of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, of course, the liberal elites continuing to freak out over this, and now there's lawsuits, there's gaslighting from Biden and his minions, and nobody has covered immigration as closely as John Bender from Breitbart. He joins us now on the DriveHuber.com hotline. John, how are you?
5: I'm good. Thanks so much for having
1: me, John. Uh, all right. Let's start with this. The news of um, uh, this Soros funded group that's behind a lawsuit. They're targeting Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, for flying the uh, migrants to Martha's Vineyard. What can you t- I mean, you have Gavin Newsom accusing DeSantis of kidnapping okay. these people. You have some local Texas county sheriff opening wants to open an, an investigation on DeSantis. What exactly is is the latest here?
5: Yeah, well, what's really happening is a larger concerted effort from Democrats and the establishment media to paint a giant narrative that kidnapping is taking place by Republican governors when they dare to send... Uh, illegal aliens and border crossers out of their states to sanctuary jurisdictions that have self-declared themselves sanctuary jurisdictions. Um, And that's what we're seeing with um, the class action lawsuit against Ron DeSantis by a handful of the illegal aliens that were uh, flown to Martha's Vineyard. And naturally, they're being represented by, um, you know, Alianza Americas and the Lawyers for Civils, for Civil Rights. Um, and of course, you know, there are financial ties to George Soros' Open Society Foundation, because, you know, for anyone, especially that reads Breitbart, you know, when you follow the money, um, a lot of the times, the the money trails tend to end up either with Soros behind them yeah. or um, through other major, you know, part, uh, donors of the Democrat Party. So, did
1: these immigrants know? What they were getting themselves into when they got on DeSantis's plane—the accusations that they were—they were flown unknowingly to a, a, a distant location—are those true, or are they? I, like I saw that they were kind of happy to go to Martha's Vineyard.
5: Well, here's the thing: uh, a number of them have since told, you know, Catholic charities, which is helping them in the process now. The illegal aliens that were taken off of Martha's Vineyard and put on Joint Base uh, Cape Cod. Um, There are a few illegal aliens that were flown to Martha's Vineyard um, who are now trying to get back to Martha's Vineyard after they were sent to Joint Base Cape Cod by Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. Um, So that kind of speaks to, you know, the attitudes. But, you know, the media is focused on Um, You know, what what were these border crossers and illegal aliens? What are they being sold by these Republican governors when they're boarding flights or uh, buses to sanctuary jurisdictions? And um, of course, you know, they're being told that they're being taken to a sanctuary jurisdiction that has declared that it will help them, you know, in their pursuit of remaining in the United States, regardless of whether or not they have valid asylum claims. So it it only makes sense that, um, you know, migrants would want to go to sanctuary jurisdictions yeah. because, you know, they're, that's, where, that's where they are going to be helped. They have whole... They have the whole major cities in the United States that are dedicated to keeping illegal aliens in their city, regardless of whether they have valid asylum claims. What
1: did the residents of Martha's Vineyard—like, I've seen a couple clips where residents were upset at Joe Biden, and they kind of woke up to the— the news that uh, there's actually an open border crisis happening right now. I know a lot of a lot of residents virtue signaled and, you know, they were begging for mass immigration until, you know, they got there and then they're like, now they have to move. What what was the overall response um, w- with residents there?
5: Well, I think the overall response is what most folks saw, which is You know, the kind of liberal do-gooders who like to be very removed from these issues that only ever impact working middle-class Americans. But when it arrives on their doorstep, they kind of want to um, pretend as though, you know, they're helping and aiding and they rushed. I mean, these CNN pieces were about, you know, the the do-gooders of Martha's Vineyard. They rushed in to help. Sure. Um, They also knew that these folks would be leaving within 48 hours. Um, So there's something to be said there. And honestly, it's, it's most telling that there were only 50 illegal aliens flown to Martha's Vineyard. And yet, of all of the enormous summer estates that are now empty outside of the summer months on Martha's Vineyard, the officials there could not get five residents with large homes, to open their homes to the 50 illegal aliens to allow them to stay where they had been flown to. They couldn't even get five people to do that. They couldn't get one person to do that, much less five. But five residents with you know enough bedrooms to house 10 each could have kept all of the illegal aliens on Martha's Vineyard and not have had to have moved them to a military base.
1: How do – we're speaking with John Bender, Breitbart uh, immigration reporter um, who's been covering this extensively. How did liberals in the media and uh, the White House respond to accusations like, wait a minute, Joe Biden's been doing this same thing
5: for months under the cover of night? Well, sure. I mean, that's ex- that's exactly it. And see, there's there's been zero media attention to this, you know. I mean, you're only going to read about this literally at Breitbart because no one else is covering this. But the Biden administration, you know, since Joe Biden took office, has released over a million border crossers and illegal aliens into working in middle-class American communities. And yet there has been no uproar over, you know, communities that have, Say ten thousand residents, fifteen thousand residents, twenty thousand residents. They don't have the resources that New York City has. What are they supposed to do when folks start arriving in mass to their communities? Well, they're told to deal with it. They're told that this is the wave of the future, open borders, and that's it. You're supposed to deal with that. You're supposed to put up with that. But the minute it arrives on the doorstep of the nation's wealthiest income earners, um, it's you know.
1: It's war. Wow, um, we got a couple minutes left here with John Bender, uh, immigration reporter for Breitbart. I, I think one of the most egregious lies I've seen in a long time is the White House administration. You know, Biden, KJP, uh, Kamala blaming the immigration crisis on the previous administration. Uh, Kamala also saying, "Yeah, no," telling Chuck Todd that oh, the border's secure. It's secure. Could you just speak generally? I mean, the the that's an out, Are they gaslighting? Are they delusional? Are they outright lying to the American public that immigration and Ill- illegal border crossings were worse under the previous administration?
5: Well, here is the thing: um, the Biden administration's policies on immigration are designed. Designed. It's not by accident. It's not because of chaos. You know, and Republicans should really start talking about it this way. It is by design, supposed to bring as many people as possible to the U.S.-Mexico border. It is supposed to transform the southern border into a mere checkpoint for people. This is the checkpoint that you will be, you know, briefly stopped at before you are on your way into the United States. Um, It truly is open Uh. borders. That is the goal. So when you hear, you know, the talking points of the border is secure – um, sure, the border is secure in terms of turning the border into a checkpoint. I mean, what, by, by definition, what do you mean by secure? Um, it's, they're doing exactly what they sought out to do. It is not because of an accident. It's not because they're delusional. It's not because of chaos at the border. There is chaos at the border, but it's all by design. It's organized chaos, And it is – it's doing exactly as it was supposed to. There are 6,000 people arriving at the border that are apprehended every day and countless more that are never detected and, you know, deterred by Border Patrol and are – Walking into the United States, and we don't know who they are.
1: And that's one of the most terrifying things I saw. Those August numbers came out, and uh, sixty-six people on the terrorist watch list since uh, last year. Eight hundred thousand gotaways. I, I to me, that's uh, in addition to all the deaths of these migrants trying to get here illegally, and the human trafficking, and the drugs. The uh, the people on the terrorist watch list, and the eight hundred thousand gotaways since last October, is very troubling, John.
5: Yeah. And I mean, this is something that working and middle class Americans have to be most concerned with because their communities are where the Biden administration is busing and flying people. You know, they're not mass busing people to, you know, the Upper West Side, um, you know, or Martha's Vineyard or Cape Cod. That is not where they're going. You know, Um, they're not arriving in Beverly Hills. They are arriving in the small and medium communities. All across the United States, not just border states. Um, and that's, that's a real concern for people. Who are we allowing into our country? And if we don't know, why don't we know? And why are they being allowed Just walk in.
1: John Bender uh, covers immigration for Breitbart. Where can people find more of your work, and what are you working on lately?
5: Uh, Breitbart.com, and, I mean, my byline is always, you know, typically on the homepage. Um, We've got, you know, some exclusives coming about the number of folks coming and being released, so people can follow, you know, my work there on what's to come.
1: John, we'd love to have you back, man. I appreciate uh, you coming on with us, and have a great weekend.
5: Thank you so much.
2: The universe is a cruel, uncaring void.
5: You're
4: listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: The key to being happy isn't a search for
4: meaning. It's to just keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense. On 93
1: WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Abdul Shabaz Shabazz wears many hats. He's an attorney. He's a journalist. He writes for indiepolitics.org and WIBC.com.
6: He's got his own show called Abdul at Large. Abdul, how are you? Huh. Not bad. Just uh it's fifty days until election election day, so now my busy season is about yeah. to is about to begin. So yay, party in a bottle. I never knew a black man could be so happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to some election stuff uh, coming up here in just a moment. But the big story yesterday was this injunction on the Indiana abortion law, came from a judge down in Monroe County. Uh, your thoughts on this?
6: Um, I read the judge's opinion because I'm working on a piece for my blog post next week, and I was not surprised at the judge's at the judge's logic and ruling, uh, because number one, it was like an activist liberal judge or anything like that this is a judge from owen county number one uh so naturally republican judge south of i-70 uh was, uh, was going to be nominated to be to be on the court of appeals so it's not like some liberal activists whatever so people saying well this is again a judge example of making law not interpreting law like no not really and what the judge said uh while they're in a nutshell while there is well while, while the indiana constitution and, this, and remember this is based on the indiana constitution not the u.s constitution so that's make sure we're all clear on that what well, the judge said was that in the Indiana the, in the the Constitution there is an inherent right to privacy, and there was one line in there that I thought really sort of summed it up. Uh, the judge cited a case saying that uh, Hoosiers have a right to bodily autonomy, and so that's where she put out put in the preliminary injunction. Now, something to keep in mind is to to get a preliminary injunction, you got to have a chance of winning, and actually a really good chance of winning. Otherwise, it gets tossed out and so i'm thinking so i'm thinking that is the uh, that is the, the other part of the story here is that indiana's uh, anti-abortion law actually has a sh- good shot of being tossed because of because of the, the right to privacy now obviously they had to go to the court of appeals supreme court and the, and the whole nine yards right ultimately
0: in indiana's constitution abdul and again you're a constitutional lawyer um where are you at with this like if you were the judge and this was brought forth to you what
6: would be your logic here uh, my logic would be pretty much the same thing. about just because the con- just because a constitution does not expressly say you have a right, that does not mean you don't have the right. And that's what I always tell people with the right to, with the right to privacy is it's not going to say you have a, Jason Hammer, You have a right to privacy, so go do whatever you want. No, we, we look at case law, we look at the history, we look at the text, we look at all that, and then put it all put it all together. So does it feel like the
0: judge here, and I don't want to say lazy, maybe that's not the right word, uh, but kick the can down the road for another court, a higher court, to say, you know what, uh, this is the way that I view it. You guys might view it differently. Yeah, I'm washing my hands of this. It's yours.
6: Uh, no, because the judge still has to do a final a final ruling. So I don't think the judge kicked the can down the kicked the can down the road at but all. This
0: could go to a higher
6: court. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, if either side lost. They were going to do, do an appeal, uh, but one thing. But thing I thought was interesting too was from a political perspective, is here you have a law that the pro-life people didn't want, the pro-choice people didn't want. Lawmakers pass anyway, having to twist arms. Nobody liked it. Nobody wanted it. And then it ends up going to court and it ends up getting thrown out. So, what the end of the day, what was all that for?
0: I guess I just the question that I have, and maybe this is just the simpleton in me thinking here, if the Indiana law is to where your lawmakers your elected officials make the decisions on things like this if it's a state's right issue and your lawmakers make the ruling what's the what's the big deal
6: the constitution the constitution supersedes all but state laws so there is no element of this judge being like well a lot of people don't
1: like this law so i'm ruling nope. against it are you sure nope i'm okay. pretty I mean, sure it- which you just said nobody liked the law, so it's like this well, judge. Well, no, no, just
6: from, a, just from a political perspective, nobody liked it. Nobody really wanted it. They had to twist arms to pass something, and it caused a bunch of political consternation. Then the law ends up getting put on hold through a preliminary <laughs> injunction. So we're back to square one. So I have to ask the question, what was the point of doing all this to begin with?
1: I know, I, like, and Lindsey Graham on a, a, a bigger picture here nationwide wants that 15 week um, uh, abortion ban, and uh, and he wants to codify that into federal law. But I thought I'm just so confused sometimes. Like with the GOP is like because it was a state right to issue to begin with, and now you're telling me,
6: wait, you're going to make it a uh, uh, federal law again? Well, consistency in politics, old friend, is <laughs> good luck with that one. Uh, I think Stevie will see consistency in politics before we do. So.
0: <laughs> Abdul-Hakim Shabazz with us. So let's get into uh, midterms, specifically here in Indiana and Marion County. You were at that prosecutor's forum the other night, uh, the North Shadeland Alliance. Ryan Meir, Cindy Carrasco. It wasn't a debate. It was kind of a town hall like setting Uh, we talked a little bit about it the other day but I want to get your perspective on what you heard that
6: night what I thought uh, both Cindy and Ryan who I know both very well and both are good friends of mine I thought they were talking to two different audiences after having said the whole thing for about about an hour and a half Cindy was uh, her focus on crime and accountability and how the how, how the prosecutor's office has been dropping the job Miris basically said, "Look, we we are doing our job. You know, we are our conviction rates are the highest that they've that they've ever been. Uh, we're doing our part to to we got 2.8 million more dollars to to hire more prosecutors and, and raise salaries." So I thought they were talking to two two different audiences. And I also think where you sit basically depends on where you stood. Right, uh, because whenever, you know, Cindy talked about, you know, uh, the, you know, going after the bad guys, she got lots of applause. When Miris said, "Hey, I'm not going to put a woman or a doctor in jail for exercising reproductive health rights," she got big applause on that.
0: Right, it's become okay. political. Crime <laughs> and punishments become political <laughs> I mean, but,
6: but, here. But well, crime and punishment's <laughs> always been political. What it <laughs> but should who's be paying like, attention murderer, to
0: though you shouldn't be given a sweetheart deal though Abdul that should be a republican and democrat coming together for that.
6: Yes, but once again, but but crime itself has always been the pl- crime itself has always been a political issue because laws are political because the laws are made by politicians.
1: And I guess the the fact that Ryan Mears is wanting applause for for not putting abortion doctors in jail or women in jail for crossing state lines. I mean, I just don't think that's a big issue, for maybe for Democrats going into the midterms it is, but polling certainly shows that Republicans are worried about economics and, and crime.
6: But you got to remember, though, like I said, they were talking to two different audiences. That's sure. what I thought they were sure. talking to their yeah. bases. City was talking to a Republican base. Mears was talking to his Democratic base.
0: And I went back and I watched the entire stream of that because, again, they didn't allow cameras in there for this event, but they streamed it and they posted it shortly afterwards. The things that Ryan Mears talked about I just wonder, like, you could easily look at that and say, okay, but here's where I differ. Because he talked about his conviction rate. Well, how many cases are you doing? Because you look at that backlog that they've got in Marion County, and it's pretty substantial. The thing Cindy was talking about was like, listen, I'm not in the office yet, but if I were, here's what I would want to do. Ryan Mears was talking about the things he's not going to prosecute. And then the (laughs) things that he did talk about, you could say, yeah, but...
6: Once again, they're talking to their respective bases. Well, Why doesn't he talk to a base that he he needs more votes?
1: Why doesn't he speak well, we, out to Republicans you know, and say, "Here, get, get, wait, 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 guys, you guys got this wrong."
6: Because Mears is already ahead. Because we got to remember, Marion County is Democrats beat Republicans like sixty forty in in Marion County because Marion County is a very blue, very blue county. What and about funding? Uh, funny like
1: campaign raising, Like you know, like uh, campaign uh, donations and stuff.
6: I have to go back and double check. I thought Cindy did better in the first quarter, but we're sort of halfway through the year. And I want to say the next round of uh, local stuff doesn't come up for another couple of weeks and some change. So then I have to go back and double check.
0: So just from the feel that you got from being there, uh, what's a debate going to look like with these two?
6: Um I think I think I, I think a debate will be a lot more. uh I think Cindy will be a lot more in the tack because Mears is ahead polling-wise. By the way, we're going to do some more polling. We start actually Monday, and so we should have some results, not uh, next week but the following week. So when I come back, you guys, around the 6th or the 7th, we'll be able to talk about uh, what the polling results say. Uh, Mears was ahead the last time we polled, so Mears has nothing to lose. Technically, yet so Cindy's got to go on the attack, and she's got to you know really hit the commercials in the whole nine yards.
0: How did Cindy come off in that event? Because again, Ryan Mears, albeit unelected, he's kind of a politician. Like right? I think honestly, he wants to run for mayor one day. Like this is kind of his wheelhouse. For Cindy Carrasco, who's an attorney, I don't necessarily know if this political thing was her comfort zone at first. How did she come off?
6: Um, I thought Cindy did a very good job being very passionate. Uh, because that's one thing I always kind of because the one thing about being an attorney, they, they tell you to, to kind of moderate your passion a little bit. And so that sort of thing. But I thought Cindy was very passionate, very direct and very straightforward. And I could tell when she sort of mentioned her daughter uh, a couple of times who was in the audience with her with her husband. You know, we need to make, you know, make the city safe for our kids, like, you know, your kids, your kids, my kids, that sort of thing. So I thought from that perspective, uh, Cindy did really well. You got a show this weekend? Uh, yes, we have an abbreviated show because we have IU football at two thirty uh, in the afternoon. Uh, so we actually be playing parts of the debate uh, online, and also we're going to talk about uh, legalize uh, marijuana uh, with our good friend, with a good friend of mine, uh, Andy Bowman.
0: Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you. Coming up next, we're going to get the coach in here, Dan Dockich. We're going to find out what he thinks about the Indianapolis Colts. We haven't had a chance to pick the coach's brain about that. Uh, He's coming in next. He's fired up.
4: Hammer and Nigel. What the hell was that? It's called sending a message. I think it will be received loud and clear.
1: On 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The coach Dan Dockage from 107.5 The Fan and OutKick joining us live in studio. Let's start with the local media and the Colts because they were blowing sunshine up the Colts butts all preseason. This is going to be a great team. This is going to be a great season and then, you know, two weeks in it's it's abysmal. Do you still talk to like Bob Kravitz or anybody like that? No. Okay. No. Uh, the reason I asked, i Bring that up for a reason because I I follow him on Twitter. Kravitz wrote, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's the lobotomy, but it's my fervent belief that the Colts uh, that are struggling will be just fine this season and will be in the hunt for the AFC South crown. Seriously. Well, And Stephen Holder said kind of the same thing. And and so they're still blowing smoke here, Coach. And I want to know if you're as optimistic as some of these other sports media writers about the Colts season.
7: You know, I, I look at it the same way I looked at coaching. I don't determine my reaction to players when I coach. Players determine my reaction to players. They decide who plays. My reaction to the Colts isn't based on anything other than how they play. And to this point, they have played awful. I understand. Uh, let's put it this way. If the Colts We're in the AFC East, for example, with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots, you'd think there's no hope on the season, but the season has hope because of how God awful the AFC South (laughs) is, unless unless maybe the Jaguars are that good. They got a chance this weekend. They're going into San Diego. Maybe there's going to be no Justin Herbert. A couple books have taken it off the board. The, The thought is that Justin Herbert may not be playing. We'll see. I just go by what I see, and I said this this year. I, I said, "Look, the Colts are on a prove it contract with me. I'm tired of all the media crap. I'm tired of listening to all these butt kissers uh, in the <laughs> sports media in India. I've had enough. I don't respect them. I, I they've I, and and because I don't respect them, I gotta talk about them and make fun of them damn <laughs> near every day.
0: As much as we have been, <clears throat> man, ripping on the Colts this past couple of weeks. They're a game out of first, and they haven't had a home game yet. That's how bad the AFC South is. I'm telling you. If the AFC South were a movie, it'd be Caddyshack 2. Nothing's worse than Caddyshack (laughs) 2, Hammer.
7: But I'm just, what I'm saying is this. Look, um, uh, Matt Ryan, everybody, well, he's an upgrade from Carson Wentz. Is he? Is he really? I mean, Carson Wentz looks like he's pretty good. The receivers, the Colts obviously didn't have two of their guys, but even when they had two of their guys, but talking about Pierce and Pittman, how good were they in week one? They weren't. So, look, um, I'm disappointed in a couple of things. One, I look at the Tampa Bay Bucks and they just signed Cole Beasley as a slot receiver. What have the Colts done? You know, you can sit there and say, well, we like our receiving room. That's great, but your receiving room, there's nothing to like to this point. Um, Um, You can say the AFC South is going to open up, but I'm going to tell you, Titans look bad. Texans are bad. Jaguars might be good. Uh, and and that gives you hope. But other than that, you tell me.
1: Well, the the point was some of those guys I mentioned at the beginning of the segment was that like uh, the fan base is angrier than I've ever seen him, and we've you know the Colts have started out one and four and one and five before, and they were just fine. And how, do you what is just see? Here is the thing. This is what this is what drives me nuts. What
7: is just fine? What what is good in 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 the time Chris Ballard's been here, they're forty one, 42 and one. Now yeah. I don't know what mediocrity is, but that sure sounds like <laughs> mediocrity. So what is just fine? Well, they had. Phillip Rivers, they were 11 and 5, or whatever they were, and lost in the first round. Haven't won this bad division in this regime's uh, opportunity. Didn't go to the playoffs last year. So you start out 1 and 5. And I, and I, I know what you're saying, uh, uh, Nigel, because I saw the same thing, and they have been just fine. What, the standard <laughs> used to be. When Peyton and those guys were here, win the division, get to the AFC South or get to the AFC championship game. Now it's like these guys, here's the thing you get with media, and you guys know this. When you've got guys that don't know jack squat, like the print media here in town knows nothing, and they keep selling you on a bill of goods, they're not all of a sudden going to say, hey, we were wrong. They're going to keep selling you until the the, the last dying breath. And that's all they're doing. I hope they're good enough. But what is – this is a proud organization. What is just fine? Getting getting to the playoffs and the wild card in the worst division in the history of football? They give me gas.
0: Before we get to the Chiefs game, we'll get your thoughts on the Colts and Chiefs. Uh, One more thing on what's not going well for the Colts. All the attention, it seems like all the ire, is on the offensive side. But either Shaq Leonard is the most valuable player in the league <laughs> or this defense is underachieving, coach. What is it?
7: Well, it's 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 not Shaq Leonard's the best player in the history of the world. You talk to NFL guys and they're like, yes, he's good. He forces turn. i tell you he's been disappointed. This is I understand Ngakwe comes in here and well, look at his Twitter hand. Oh, he's so nice. Uh a very smart football guy named Mike Lombardi told me, watching Gakway on the right side, off defense's right side, quarterback's left side, he always runs past the quarterback. He just runs, and and if you watch the game the other day, I can't stop watching this. It's driving me crazy. Uh, he runs past because he's being blocked. The blocker takes him beyond. The quarterback steps up, completes a pass. Uh, Defoe DeForest Buckner, who famously last year had a chance to lead and in, in the in the lineman uh, group uh, before the last game against Jacksonville, instead of saying "Yeah, I'm playing," he well, I'm gonna, if my body lets me, shut yeah. up. Yeah. Like yeah. these these guys are the most overpaid, over. And don't even get me started on the offensive line. The highest paid offensive line. I'm (laughs) watching Derrick Henry go over the left guard. Of the Titans for a touchdown on Monday Night Football. That left guard cleared a hole uh, big as my head. You know what he's making? $895,000. You know what our left guard, who can't block me, is making? 20 freaking million. I got gas.
1: What about you talk to the fans a lot on your show. You take a ton of phone calls. Is this the angriest you've seen the Colts fans in a long time compared think, to previous
7: seasons? I think it's the angriest at the media. I do. I honestly believe that. But, like, guys are like, I'm so tired of these writers. Like, they did a deep dive into Andrew Luck and didn't tell us why Andrew Luck quit. (laughs) Right. I, didn't, I, I Zach Kiefer, I'm doing a deep dive. Am well, I a horrible
0: person because I'm done with Andrew Luck. I'm done. I don't it. want to hear about I'm him going done. back to school. Nah, I, I don't, don't want to hear about all this other bull crap. Nah. Unless he's putting on number 12 for the Colts, I don't, I don't, don't give a damn. And
4: he ain't any
7: better than us because he uses big
0: words. Hey, I can use the word unequivocally. I'm
7: fine right there.
0: <laughs> all right, yeah. big boy, let's go. Colts, last time I saw, were anywhere from 5.5 to a 6.0 home dog against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes historically against that Gus Bradley defense oh lights him up like a firework on the Fourth of July. What are we doing? I'm here?
7: going total Indie Media. I got the Colts <laughs> winning forty-eight to nothing. Yeah. I'm not messing. I'm going Stephen Holder, Zach <laughs> Eadie for Greg Doyle. This is the greatest franchise in the history of the world. Go Colts. Yeah, forty-eight zip. They're gonna miss an extra point. All right, it would be. I don't know. I I look. I'm not betting. I'm not taking the Colts. I'll tell you that much. I'm not taking the Colts. And and the points, there's not. Look again, prove it. They have proved nothing other than I did think they played pretty well defensively second half. But right now it's at five and a half on what I'm looking at. I am not touching it.
0: I think they'll play okay, but I don't want to touch that twice last year. Because again, Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, was with the Raiders last year in two games against Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes put up a 40-burger each time. Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah. how'd that go for everybody? Are we excited about that. And last I saw, I think Gus Bradley was on Twitter talking about, or at least he was interviewed, talking about how well his too-high scheme did against Patrick Mahomes. What, you held him the 40-something, not 50? Good for you. They had
0: 41 and
7: 48 right, that's last what I'm year. saying, Look, I'm telling you, you know, maybe other cities do this. All right, maybe everybody has has followed the great Joe Biden and just talks <laughs> and we're gonna talk it into existence. And that's all we do here. That's all we do here. All we do here is tell you how great we are. Gus Bradley, yeah, my my defense was really good against them. No, they averaged 41 and a half points. (laughs) Stop it,
0: stupid. (laughs) Uh, The coach, Dan Dockich, with us from 107.5 The Fan. And Outkick has a great program on Outkick. Uh, We got a college football slate this Mm -hmm. weekend. You've got all the major local squads in action. Any of these games do anything for you?
7: Um, The local ones, yeah, the road to the national championship in college football runs through Bloomington, Nippert Stadium this weekend, <laughs> Indiana. My team is Syracuse. My stepson Jared's sitting right here, and he's a Syracuse guy. I'm all in on the cues. I gotta tell you, though, there's some money to be made. I'm gonna give you two games that I absolutely love. I am taking USC minus five and a half against Oregon State like it's my freaking job. Gave that out last uh, night, did you too, really? baby. Very nice. And then I'm taking Oklahoma minus twelve and a half against a Kansas State team that got belly-womped by uh, Tulane. I'm taking those two. My toes are tapping. I hit three bets last (laughs) night. I paid for my wife's uh, birthday the other day just simply by betting. (laughs) It is a mortgage, pay your mortgage weekend, not a DoorDash weekend, and you owe me a six-pack, and you paid it up, which I
4: liked.
0: The coach, Dan Dockett, thank you. Thank you. Beer Sample Friday, next.
4: Right now. (laughs) Cameron and Nigel present. Beer Sample. Fry. I got
0: some beers. Strike them, huh?
1: Beers on sale, people. Come down, get yeah, you some. Yeah, brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Full hour of the Hammer Nigel show coming up after six o'clock. But right now, let's get right down to it, my friend. Uh, sometimes breweries will bring us their beers to try on the air. Sometimes listeners send us beer. Sometimes we'll just go to the liquor store and get some beer. And I figured since it's the first day of fall, Hammer, I would, oh. I would provide the... Uh, what do
0: we have here? Best brown, American brown ale.
1: Bell's Brewery, baby. Okay. This is the taste of fall in All terms of beer. All the leaves are brown and Oh, stop. Please stop. Okay. I'm sorry. Just open it up. Let's here go. There we go. This um, looks amazing. This brown ale, baby. Not, again, not always the easiest to find. We came through here. And uh, actually, I stole this from my wife. She's not going to be very happy because this is her favorite beer fridge. She's got her own
0: beer fridge in your, she's got, well, in your she's house? She's got her own
1: section in, in the beer fridge. I'm, okay. I'm, I have to stay out of it, but she's, she she won't miss it. She The does. only request she has is you stay out of it, <laughs> and you're just bragging on the radio. I stole her beer! Yeah, she's she doesn't listen anyway. Who cares?
0: <laughs> Screw hey, it. to football weather and yeah. a Colts win this weekend, everybody. Oh, to a Colts win this weekend. Is Cheers. that what you're predicting?
1: No. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I'm hoping you just need to do a spit take out of the microphone. <laughs> you were not. You are saying cheers to a, a Colts win, but there's you, you're not predicting a Colts win.
0: You know, I'm oh. hoping I win the lottery, <laughs> yeah. but
1: the odds are not
0: looking good. Oh man! Hey, this is a game the Colts could compete in. These are the types of games. For whatever reason, it seems yeah. like the Colts do pretty well. But, man Patrick Mahomes is
1: real good he's very good he doesn't have some of the weapons he had last year did he no he, he, but I can't stress this enough he's real good <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, we we had some great interviews this hour uh, John Bender the Im- covers immigration for Breitbart really up to date on that go back and find that at wibc.com Abdul uh, giving us the latest on what's happening with the midterms and uh also Dockage was phenomenal he was on a roll today man <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the old was- man was fired up i was dying laughing for like 10 minutes straight um the red hot chili peppers have a new album coming out next month and and they like you and i were devastated when eddie van halen died uh this year uh, i'm sorry uh, october of 2020 so they released the tribute song called eddie Here's a little piece of it. The album is called The Return of Dream Canteen that'll be out October 14th. Here is a little bit uh, from the Chili Peppers their tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Me.
4: It's, only it's only 1983.
1: Definitely really sounds like the Chili Peppers, right? Yeah. My love but leave me
4: never.
1: I'm good with that. I like the Chili Peppers, We're man. Back We're back for another hour after 6 o'clock. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Happy Beer Sample Friday,
4: everybody. down at the to kill.